actually knows what you feel inside of your body. Like, I don't care how psychic or sentient somebody is or how connected they are. They're not in your body. Like you are the only one who is in your body and can intuit your way through what is it that I actually want. And so that helps me just not be so triggered by the outside world and the conditioning, which is why I feel that I am so diligent and devoted and disciplined with this path of self-expression and vulnerability and sharing from the heart because nobody actually can feel what I feel that with the longing and the desire and the fire inside of me that is catalyzing me into this path. Welcome home to the Lindsay Martin Ellis Experience. This is your virtual sanctuary where we keep it light while going deep and ground spirituality into the reality of what it means to be human. We explore consciousness, evolution, alternative health, all things truth, taboo, and beyond. There are no boxes or rules here. Tune in each week where myself and raw and real guests will be sharing our lived experience through a multifaceted lens to support you no matter where you're at on your journey. This is a sacred space where spiritual principles and universal wisdom are accessible, simple, and digestible because all are welcome here. It is your birthright to remember the magic and miracle that you are. You ready to be inspired? Let's do this, love. Welcome back, beautiful humans. I'm feeling this like strong inclination to tell you the state that I'm in when I start ever when I start an episode. And I feel like I do that a lot, but I kind of want to make it a practice because um I I often do this like with my coaching clients. I remember just in general, even in my group program, <clears throat> just asking everybody to kind of go around in the group and just ask them like what percent are they at today? Like energy wise, emotion, emotionally, just their current state, right? What are they going through? What are they moving through? And it's so helpful to just know that coming. It's so, it's just helpful to know that. And so I would say I'm probably at a 35% right now in terms of capacity. And what I love about this is that there used to be like shame and judgment, right? Because I think when we're at an energy level or we feel like we're moving through something, we feel like we can't show up. But one thing that's really helped me is if I'm at 35%, can I give 100% of that 35% for myself and for those I come in to contact with and and for the collective, like that is, is my intention. Can I do that? And the intention is always yes. And so kind of like allowing that to soften you a little bit that I'm here. I am present. I am giving a hundred percent of my 35% and that is enough for me. And that feels good, right? Because we're not machines. We're meant to we're dynamic. We're not going to be at 100% every day. And the reason why is I've been actually in retreat over the last 
three days now and retreats are long um they're expansive they shake shit up energy moves there's places we go there's intimacy there's tears there's connection and there's you know there's people right where you're out of your element you're doing things that you wouldn't normally do and it's actually in Asheville that's a very serendipitous story, which I'll probably share once I'm a little more integrated of like the whole process of how I am ended up in this retreat. Um, but it's been a beautiful experience so far and I'm really enjoying it and I'm tired. Like I feel amazing, but my body, <laughs> I think I'm 27 weeks, almost 28 weeks pregnant now and um, even though it's like I feel I feel used to it. I'm like, okay, I'm pregnant. I got a big belly and sometimes like my back hurts and sometimes my groin hurts and sometimes I feel amazing and other times I don't. Um, just sitting for long periods of time just don't work. I feel like my body is constantly asking to like move and be fluid and stretch and just again be in like the dynamicism of the experience. And so I'm tired. My body's tired. I feel so full and so nurtured though. And so I'm bringing that into this space right now. Like I'm giving you hundred percent of my 35% and I feel so full. I feel so connected. I feel so at peace. I feel so inspired. I feel so much love in my heart. And that is the resonance that I've been like really basking in over the last few days, like this really high frequency field that I get to bring into this container with you all. And so this episode, it's funny, this popped up on a, it was a post that I did that came up on like my memories in Facebook or something like that. And I was like, ooh, first of all, I really wanted to do a solo cast because I hadn't done one in a while. And I know I sometimes do longer intros, but I love interviewing people. I love interviewing people. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it it's so funny because I'm like really following what lights me up. And there are times where I'm like, oh, shit, I've got an interview with someone. And a lot of people that I've been interviewing, I don't really actually know. Like people have been coming to me. And so... It's like, oh, I don't know who they are. And like, right, it requires some recon work to, you know, like prepare for the conversation, even though I know that it's going to be in flow and I don't know necessarily the questions that I'm going to ask and how the, how the, you know, the conversation is going to go. Like, I still like to be prepared and I like to know about them and I like to explore their work and explore their life. Right. And so there's been times where I'm like, ugh. Why did I say yes to this? Like, I don't feel like doing this. And then I do it and I, you know, we ground our energy and we create this like intimacy and this connection and this ecosystem together. And we have this amazing conversation. And by the end of it, I'm like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I love asking people questions about life and spirituality and what they believe in and what got them here and learning from people. And what's amazing is I've been having, so over the last at least two conversations, maybe more, I've had this reflected back to me where, I mean, I had a complete stranger I just interviewed, probably he was a male, probably in his like 60s, who's an amazing, you know, world teacher and an author that I interviewed that that episode will be coming out in a few months. But 
(laughs) He was like, I really enjoyed this. And he's like, you're really good at this. And you asked really great questions. And I had someone else affirm to me, this was via email after, after our experience together. And she was like, you're really good at this. She's like, I had a lot of fun and you're really good at this. And it's like, okay, can I trust that? Because there's a part of me that loves it. It's actually really funny. So when I record a solo cast and when I record an interview, I don't go back and listen to it until I'm like in the editing phase, which is kind of a little bit different because it's, I'm like chopping, like I'm, I'm feeling into it. Like, okay, I, it's a different, it's a different energy when I'm like creating, co-creating that experience with someone versus going into edit. And then I, when it's actually launched, I listen to it again and just to make sure everything's good, but mostly just to like receive it as if I am the observer and every single time it's different. Like what I pick up is different. And what's funny is like when I go back after like I've, I've shared the episode and it's live, there's a, I listen and I'm like, damn, I'm good at this. Damn. I enjoy this. Damn. There was some like amazing little nuggets in there. Damn. Like I really like this person that I'm interviewing. Wow. They really have a lot to say. Wow. This is what I should be doing. This is what I get to be doing. This is what feels good for me. And, but then it's like going back into the portal of going through fear. Like, so with the three different times that I like, right, I create the episode, I edit it, and then I listen to it. And, you know, there's fears that come up and there's judgments and there's like, oh, what did I say? Like, what should I have said this thing? You know, it's funny how the mind will question what you're doing. And if, if you're good enough, quote unquote, if it's what you should be doing. And so it's like, we don't need that affirmation, but I'm having enough like strangers that I come into contact with on the podcast now that are sharing that with me. And I'm like, people wouldn't just say that. I mean, maybe they would, but I, I, I've, I'm starting to really believe that this is something that is a that is a gift of mine. Like I, I do love connection and I do love creating conversations and and not having notes and just letting divine orchestration, you know, play a part in what gets to emerge from like the transmissions of having these people on the show. And so with that <laughs> I don't know where I was going at with this, but um, it just feels important. It feels important. And so the three most important lessons, lessons, okay, the three most important lessons I've learned over the years is what I believe I'm, I'm titling this episode. And this came up, like I said, on a Facebook memory, <laughs> like a, a memory. And, and it was like, oh, okay, I'm at a new level of consciousness, like, I still feel this. I still feel this resonance. I still believe this, but there's more that I can add here. And it's kind of the same with anything. Like it's the same with the podcast as I, as I take action more, as I take risks more, as I share more, as I create intimacy, as I, right, I'm strengthening this muscle of engaging in these conversations and inviting people and people coming to me, right? It's going to evolve, 
And so I love going back and seeing memories on my feed because it's like, do I still feel that? Do I still believe this? Does this still resonate? Sometimes it's no. A lot of times it's yes, but there's like a more expanded version. And so I wanted to kind of talk about this today because it felt really important. And a lot of what I've been moving through in this retreat is still this like deep wounded fear of being seen. And it's funny as people are like, you seem so confident, Lindsay. And what do you mean? You've got a podcast and you're all over social media and like you're sharing all these things that I wouldn't dare to share at this point in my life. But it's like there's so much more that my soul is craving, just craving to expose. And one thing I know for sure is like in this sisterhood circle, this beautiful retreat, it's like the intimacy that we're all just longing for. And I, I feel like this is my path to just be like, hey, I'm flawed and I'm divine as fuck. <laughs> and I cuss sometimes and cussing can be sacred. Cussing is sacred. Like my flaws are sacred. It's all sacred. And there's just this permission that I feel like my soul is really asking of me to give myself and to, you know, by default, give to other people that they can just be like, yeah, this is where I'm at. And it's not perfect. And it can be messy at times. And it doesn't always, it's not always clear when we're actually in the process of creating it. And so where do I want to start with this? So I think I want to start with there was a, I'm actually going to read this to you. You know, on Facebook, you can create like, there's sometimes a little graphic if it's a certain number of words and it's shorter, you know, you can create like a little graphic image. So this is what I wrote initially. Okay, wait, do I want to say this? No, I'm going to wait. I'm going to start here. So I'm just going to start with the three lessons. It feels like the, the practice is going to be at the end. So three lessons I've learned over the years. Nobody cares more about your dreams than you do. <laughs> so this is like deeply connected to the work I've been in with this retreat because there's so much fear still around like, what are people going to think and like not belonging and wanting to fit in and and like there's this part in my psyche that wants indifference and that is like gosh can I just be like everyone else and just be indifferent and and like be apathetic and just be hopeless and not feel like I can do my part in all of this and but then there's like this part of me that knows <laughs> that that that's not true and there's there's this like spark inside of me that just never dims that it just propels me and keeps me going and so with this nobody cares more about your dreams than you do it's the truth like people are going to not understand you people are going to question you people are going to think that they know better than you people are going to call you crazy and they're going to be like that will never happen or oh my gosh how are you going to leave your job? How are you going to move to the state? How are you going to have your baby at home? How are, I'm just giving you recent examples. Whatever it is for you, people are going to be like, what? Some people are going to try to impart in terms of like trying to talk you out of it. Some people will laugh. Some people will call you crazy. And some people will inject fear into you without even realizing it because they're too afraid to follow their dreams. 
So there's that, but there's also like nobody actually knows what you feel inside of your body. Like I don't care how psychic or sentient somebody is or how connected they are. They're not in your body. Like you are the only one who is in your body and can intuit your way through what is it that I actually want. And so that helps me just not be so triggered by the outside world and the conditioning, which is why I feel that I am so diligent and devoted and disciplined with this path of self-expression and vulnerability and sharing from the heart because nobody actually can feel what I feel that with the longing and the desire and the fire inside of me that is catalyzing me into this path. This is not everybody's path. Not everybody's path is to start a podcast. Not everybody's path is to share as intimately as I am on this on public platforms. However, right, there is a permission. So with me doing this, it can inspire people to to live that for themselves, to discover that for themselves. And we do that simply by feeling. We've got to feel We've got to begin to feel again in order to be able to tap into that internal compass of ours so that we can actually understand like what are my dreams and then begin to trust that this dream is just a vision that we get to create for our reality once we really start to say yes and claim that for ourselves. So that's the piece is the more that we can like root inside ourselves and anchor inside ourselves, the more we can feel, the more we can sense, the more we get the clarity on what our dreams are, the less we're actually impacted by other people and whatever they believe to be best for you or true for you in terms of why you incarnated on this planet, why you're parenting your kids this way, why you're choosing to leave your job, why you're choosing to stay at this job, why you're choosing to leave this relationship, stay in this relationship, whatever it is. So that's the first one. Nobody cares more about your dreams than you do because they can't feel it. They're not you. (laughs) You're you. So, you know, trust that. Really trust that. Even if it feels like a stretch, can you at least like step into an allowance of like, okay, I I don't feel like I'm quite there yet. I feel like I'm still impacted by the external world and, and what they feel I should do and how I should live my life and how my life, what my life path should look like. However, like, can I just hold that this is a possibility, right? And so the second one is people judge what they don't understand, so people demonize what they don't understand, right? It's like when there is any sort of um, confusion or lack of clarity or questioning, <laughs> there's a judgment that happens, right? So if somebody doesn't understand your path, there is generally judgment there, right? Because again, it's very, it's it's woven into the fabric of the first one. Nobody cares more about your dreams than you do, right? So 
the second one, people judge what they don't understand. It's the same premise, right? Like nobody actually knows your soul path, but you and can feel their way through that. And so people are going to, right, if they can't see that for their lives and they don't understand it, they're going to judge it. Not always, (laughs) but some. And right, if people can't hold, wow, right, so many people are in complacency and they feel and they're in victim of their life circumstances and they don't know how to get out of it or make a shift, So what oftentimes people do is they judge other people, right? It's easier to be like, right, you're crazy. This would never work. You're illogical. You're reckless, right? Like just knowing terminology like that when you take a risk and when you make a shift in your life, a lot of times when we when we're judged by other, which again is just really a reflection. That's this is a spiritual conversation for another day, but it's really just a, a being, right? A fractal of the divine. So another person is a fractal of the divine. You are a fractal of the divine. So in this relationship, this being is reflecting back to you where you're judging yourself, right? Because we carry that too. So it's just a beautiful gift of like, gosh, where am I in judgment of myself? Where am I in judgment of other? Where am I in judgment of what's happening in the collective? But people demonize and judge and just tear apart and vilify what they don't understand. Right, wrong, black, white, good, bad, right? And so it's just that they they don't have a place within their psyche to be able to like compartmentalize it into something binary that it's like, oh yeah, nope, Lindsay. I mean, I know that I inspire people and I know that people are like, wow, you're doing amazing things. But there's a lot of people who are like, she's batshit fucking crazy. She is reckless. She makes no sense. What is she doing? What does she even do for work? <laughs> Like I have extended family who are like, what are you even doing? (laughs) You know, it's like they can't fathom what I'm creating for my life. And people think I'm crazy that I'm leaving my family and my husband's leaving his family to start to start our own family. And that how could we like leave all of that help? Like we're going to need help and we're going to need family and right, like injecting this fear that it's going to be hard and parenting is going to be so difficult. And of course, there's going to be challenges, but like. I know that I was meant to move to North Carolina and so does my husband. And so I'm not going to let the fear of this is a big life change stop me from living that. And I'm trust I'm going to trust and I do trust that I will call in the support and that my husband and I will figure it out and we'll get in our groove. And when we need support, support will come in either paid or, you know, not paid or family coming in eventually or over time, whatever. Like I trust in that. And so really just like there's something that also feels like taking the pressure off and a softening when it's like people just judge judge what they don't understand. So whenever I I used to be super triggered by, you know, you know, judgment from from other people. And it's like they just don't understand. And the reason why they don't understand is because they don't know what I feel inside my body. And it's not my job to actually force them or explain, like force them into understanding or explaining myself. Like I actually don't have to explain anything. I just get to embody more of me. I just get to keep following the path. And I really noticed this was like my my family and my parents in particular, where like, I'm sure they don't really understand. Like, I mean, they know enough now to where they're like, 
Again, I don't need them to believe me and I'm not trying to say this is what you need to believe in. Um, but they see that I'm able to handle situations in, in a more graceful way and they see me thriving. They see me happy. They see me always eager to learn and explore and try new things. And there's like a reverence that I almost feel and like a respect that maybe it's not what they would do. And I'm sure they have lots of opinions about like, I'm sure there's fears of, oh my God, like, right. I'm, I'm sure there's fears because I'm, I'm doing things differently than the, you're going to go to college and you're going to get your degree and you're going to have your 401k and then, you're, you know, you're going to have this amazing steady career with a paycheck every two weeks. And then you're going to find your partner and then you're going to have a child and then you're going to have this life with your child and or children and you're going to work until this age and then you're going to be able to get social security and then you'll have your retirement and then you can live your life and then right and so um so I do things differently but but in the beginning it was hard for me I was afraid of being judged and I I did feel misunderstood by my family not even like anything because of them just because I felt so different um now I'm at this place where I just I don't feel the need to prove myself or explain myself. And um, I just like am the embodied vision of my life. Like that's how it feels. It's just like, OK, there's going to be times where it's hard. There's going to be times where I question. There's going to be times where I fall out. But ultimately, overall, I really do love my life. And I really am here for it all the full spectrum of being a human. And I really like I want to take risks, I want to get curious, I want to explore. And I think everybody around me feels that from me and feels my my passion and zest for life. And um and they don't question it anymore and like they feel safe in that I feel safe within myself. Like they feel anchored in that I feel anchored within myself. Like you know, I'm sure again with like my parents, there's probably worry from time to time. There's probably like, we never know what Lindsay's going to do and what she's going to be up to. But ultimately, like the resonance that I'm putting out into the world is one of like knowing thyself. And so I do, I think that puts my, my parents at ease and the people at ease in my life. And again, and even if they weren't at ease, that's not my responsibility. Like my responsibility is to just continuing to show up as myself and answer questions as they come up and really just show up in love, but to not stop myself because other people can't hold what I'm holding for my life. And I don't expect other people to like, I don't expect people to really know, to know what it's like, what I feel inside of me and why I feel this impulse to really show up in the way that I do. So that's the second one. So the first one, nobody cares more about your dreams than you do. People judge what they don't understand. And honestly, like, I really want to get into like vilify and demonize because we see it with a lot of religious institutions, for example, as well. I actually just saw it with someone and I kind of want to go here. Like, so Kat Von D is, I don't know. I mean, I remember her. She had a show, like she was a tattoo artist, I believe. I don't know much about her, but apparently she has announced that she's a born again Christian which is totally fine, right? Like I respect that path. And um, there was a someone on my Facebook that 
shared something that popped up on my feed recently where it was like, <clears throat> see, Kat Von D used to like was a new ager, right? So we're again, we're putting people in boxes. It was a new ager and now she's come to the light and now she's chosen Jesus, Jesus as her one true Christ and she's renounced everything from her new age spiritual beliefs and now she is a woman of faith and follows scripture and is a devout Christian and which is that was all fine but then she started to say like crystals are evil and um, I don't remember what else I'm paraphrasing there was like a whole list of like things that are evil right and this, so this is her opinion and so I'm sitting here like I wasn't triggered. I used to be triggered by things like that. But I'm like, she just doesn't understand because it's not her path. Like she found what works for her. However, the issue is that she's demonizing something that actually works for someone else. I happen to love crystals. <laughs> Do I worship crystals? Absolutely not. Are they a part of my spiritual practice? Absolutely. Not all the time, but sometimes. But they're freaking they're they're geodes like they're a they're a they're a fractal of mother gaia of this planet like they hold a lot our planet is intelligent that's like saying a tree is evil in my mind like a crystal is a rock <laughs> in its purest form so that's like saying this the sun is evil the rivers are evil and the trees are evil in my opinion and so that's where and of course, we see a lot of the wounding with, again, I'm just using the boxes that society puts us all in, like with the New Age community, there's a lot of like, fuck the church energy. And because it's like, victim becomes perpetrator, perpetrator becomes victim, right? So like, people read things like that and see, right? Like, so I have this experience with this one person that I read her post. And so here's what the human mind does. <laughs> I'm like, am I making sense with this? It feels important to share. So the old me would have probably been triggered by that and been like, Ugh, I'm going to mute this person or unfollow her or whatever. Like, she doesn't get it. She doesn't get me. And then right, what happens is, is she's demonizing and vilifying me. Or yeah, she's demonized. I feel that she's demonizing or vilifying me. And I feel judged and then I want to hide and I don't feel safe. And I put her and then I begin to put her in a box of all Christians are this. All Christians demonize me. All Christians demonize what I believe in. That's what the human mind does. And so I've moved through that to where I don't I don't experience that anymore. She's one person. So how is it, first of all, that I get to say that all Christians believe this or vilify this or judge this? It's not true. But that's what the human mind will begin to do. And so what I have an issue with, but again, I understand why people get so passionate about these things is like they really, truly believe it. But where I have it, the issue is that how is it possible that like, we're not all meant to believe in the same thing. If we all thought the same thoughts and felt the same feelings and thought, wait, thought the same thoughts, felt the same feelings, like, and, and shared the exact same belief systems, were there, would there be any art? Would there be any music? 
Like, would there be any evolution? I don't think so. <laughs> we wouldn't need it anymore because we're all just like here in homeostasis, bored as fuck, doing the same things, doing the same things, having the same conversations. How boring would it be if we were if we all thought every little thought the same? Seventy thousand thoughts a day. Like, how boring would it be? And so, I I see like the humanness and like, oh, I hope we get to that point where we don't demonize and vilify what somebody else deems to be sacred. And I also trust that we're all doing the best we can at our level of consciousness. And I see how the universe creates and the universe creates in this way. And right, even that one post, like I'm talking about it with you right now, there's medicine here. Like, and there's even a deepening of me. And I don't want to actually be on this pedestal that it's like I never get triggered or I never um, have these moments of like hoping things that hoping things would be different. But I do. I, I like see the bigger picture here. And um, I I just I don't demonize. I, I should say I do my best. I'm human. I'm sure there's moments within like that my, my consciousness that I don't, that are probably so subtle that I don't even feel this, but I really like, I'm holding this intention that, that I can, that I can continue to move through life regardless of what somebody believes in and be able to have this conversation and, and actually not need them, like just not get so charged by it, you know, and, and like really learn from other people because what happens is, is I'm sure with this woman who posted this thing, I, I'm sure there's so much that I can learn from her. So much. I really believe that. I'm sure there's so much that I can learn from her. And um, there becomes, there's a barrier that happens because when we're triggered, right? So for me, I if I'm triggered by her saying, crystals are the devil let's just say that um then i shut down and there's no connection and there's not an ability to be able to have a conversation with this individual because we say oh yeah she's not like me she doesn't think like me she's judging me i'm i'm banishing her from my life and really what we're doing is banishing an aspect of ourselves so like right there's this is this is really like the higher spiritual teaching is the moment that we cut someone else off like that, we're actually cutting off an aspect of ourselves and there's exploration there. And by no means do I have all this figured out, but I'm noticing like, you know, Lindsay, I'm really proud of you because the old you would have been like, probably fuck this bitch or fuck this shit, or I don't want to see her posts anymore because they make, because there's a part of me that believes her. That's what I think it is. There's a part of me that's like, am I wrong? Am I, am I tainted? Is there a part of me that isn't pure? Like, it's, it's like, right? Because I grew up, I mean, I grew up in the Catholic church and I went to Catholic school. I had nuns as teachers. Like, I, so there's a part again within my psyche that like believes that what I'm doing now is wrong. 
And then it gets validated when I see a post like that from somebody else who really she believes that she really does. But that doesn't mean that I have to take that on as my own. And so it's like, oh, wow, when I feel triggered, it's actually because I believe in what the other person is telling me. Like that's a huge, huge, huge one that I've discovered over the years. Like if I'm ever triggered or impacted by what somebody else says to me about my character, about my beliefs, about who I am, there's a part of me that believes that or else I actually wouldn't give a shit. So this is like, how intricate it is to be a human and to move through relationship. So I really wanted to like share that anecdote because it feels important because like if that woman would have just said, wow, she went from this to this and like she totally shifted gears and what her beliefs are. She expanded in this way. And I'm loving seeing what, how I don't even know. Like, I'm just loving seeing those in the public eye that are like, you know, coming home to Christianity and like revamping this in this more beautiful way and sharing their experience. If she would have left it at that, I'm like, I feel like that would have reached so many more people than. Um, then like when you start to be like, this is, and again, I, there were so many other things, like, I don't know, probably what, I mean, what are some of the new age things, the new age dogmas for some reason, it's like crystals and altars and all that. Um, but here's the thing, like new age has a lot of dogma too. I talk about this a lot and I don't consider myself a new ager. I don't really consider myself anything. I had actually someone Actually, on my po- actually no, this was I'll just probably say it. It was Bryn Depel on my session that I had with her, my private session. She asked me, like, "What are you? What do you believe in?" It was something like that. What do you believe in? What are your spiritual beliefs? Before we like started the process, and I was like, "My spiritual beliefs are are like anchored in curiosity." And I'm like, sometimes I pl- I pray to a tree and sometimes I call in my higher self and sometimes I call in different templates and archetypes like Mary Magdalene Mary Magdalene and Yeshua and Kuan Yin and Isis and sometimes I dance and sometimes I pull out my rosary and I just like have a conversation with Mother Mary and I'm like, I just don't want anyone to tell me how to pray or or how to connect with myself and how to connect to the source within. And she was like, that's really beautiful. And and that that is what feels like this deep, deep, deep desire that I want to like help help humanity with, you know, because I don't feel connected to new age. I mean, like, I don't know, I started getting into yoga and like I started doing, you know, sound baths and full moon circles. And I feel like there's a place on the path where, you know, you just kind of start to explore and get curious. But ultimately what I'm finding is it's just like, like any evangelical, like I'm just thinking like, okay, an evangelical, like Christian denomination, whatever, you know, versus like a totally like occult new age denomination, whatever group, like I don't resonate with either. And so what I do is it's like, oh, I'm going to pull a little bit different right runs. I've done the healing. And once I've explored, it's like I pull a little from over here. I pull a little from over there. And then it's like, 
And then I come back to center and it's like this gnosis. It's like this direct connection with God for me. And so all of these teachings actually have value. Like all of these teachings have supported me. When my friend died in college, I started I started following Buddhism because we don't believe in reincarnation in the Catholic religion. So I'm like, oh, Buddhism, they believe in reincarnation. Okay. I feel closer to God. I feel closer to my friend. I feel closer to understanding the meaning of life. And so I started pulling tenets from from Buddhist principles. Am I a Buddhist? No. Right. But I started like just pulling these tenets of like, oh, this feels good in my body. Oh, this feels good in my body. And I don't even know where I was going at with this tangent, but that is where I feel like we wouldn't judge things if we could, right? (laughs) Okay. If we didn't feel the need to understand everything, we wouldn't be in judgment. If we could just be like, I don't understand that, but I accept you. I don't understand that, but great. I'm so glad that this is supporting you on your path, on your journey. You know, I just, that, feels so much better to me. So that was a tangent, but felt like it needed to come through. Okay. So nobody cares more about your dreams than you do. One, people judge what they don't understand. Two, and three, a meaningful life is one in which you take risks and make mistakes because that is how you grow. I mean, this is like the premise of my podcast. Like we are human and we are holy. Like I cuss sometimes and (laughs) I have actually been reflected a lot in this retreat at how soft I am and like my preciousness, which are words that I would never, like I've had multiple people in different like encounters tell me there's like a preciousness about me and a softness. And I don't like, that wouldn't be something that I would normally consider myself to be. And you know, so it's, but it's like, well, duh, I'm all of it. So of course I'm going to have these different kind of, you know, resonances come through, but I believe that how I've started to access these different aspects of myself, like these different facets of me is because I take the risks and I make mistakes. And right. If like, I didn't take a risk and make a mistake and come on here and vulnerably, vulnerably share something, then, um, you wouldn't feel my heart in the same way, right? Like there might be um, a more abrasiveness or a little bit more of a sharp edge. And sometimes um, like I do have a fierceness about me and, you know, you can even hear in this episode, like I get excited and I get passionate. And so my general temperament is like, I get excited about things. I've got a lot of fire, but I also um, love the earth. I'm very grounded in a lot of ways. I'm very practical. Now I'm creating this human and I feel so much more in my water element. Like I just feel so much, so much more softness. And I, I believe that stepping into motherhood and, and being connected to my baby in this way and this nurturance and this self love and this reverence for my body and the miracle that's growing inside of me, I feel like there's, I'm I'm like uncovering aspects of me that have always been there, but I haven't always fully embraced or explored, right? And so this is like, this is it. Take risks, make mistakes. So many people are afraid to live their life and then they get to a point at whatever age it happens where they're like afraid to die, Right? but it's because they never truly lived. And I feel like 
because I'm actually choosing to truly live my life in a meaningful, conscious way. Like there's so many mistakes. There's so many risks. There's so many times where I'm like, why did I make the like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. Right. But I'm not afraid to die anymore. Like it's all connected because it's opened me up in a spiritual way where I'm like, oh yeah, this, there's so much that I get to do in this lifetime because I will only be Lindsay in this body at this lifetime ever. Like this is the moment that I'm, that I'm, that I'm this avatar yet, right? I know that it's not the end. So it's this beautiful dance between, ah, there's like a softening that happens. There's just like this resolve that happens in my body that I can like, if I notice myself pushing or feeling like I'm running out of time or not wanting to like make a courageous, bold move with whatever that is, right? That is what helps me is like, okay, I am here. Like, I don't have to rush through this because this ain't going to be my last rodeo. But this is my last rodeo as Lindsay Martinellis, right? So there's that dance between like, I don't want to not live my life, but I'm also, I'm also like, I'm not afraid of what's to come. I feel excited to live my life and I feel excited for what's to come after this incarnation. Like I really feel like I can hold both. And so that's it. A meaningful life is one in which you take risks and make mistakes because that is how you grow. And again, if I had a nickel for every time a woman was like, I want you to help me find my purpose with my coaching clients. I'm like, you discover your purpose by literally opening your heart, feeling your feelings and taking action. That's it. Like, that's the whole message. Like, you gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta move. You gotta live. And living is being bold, being courageous, having the courage to do the hard things, to have the hard conversations. And again, just continuing to like break yourself wide open, right? Cracking your heart wide open over and over and over again. Okay. So those are the three. Now, let me pull open this sucker. So what I wrote was, this is my favorite practice to do with myself whenever I notice I'm allowing other people's opinions, projections, or field, okay, or fears to infiltrate my field. So I'm going to say this again. This is my favorite practice to do with myself whenever I notice I'm allowing other people's opinions, projections, or fears to infiltrate my field. And I said, it works every time gently and gracefully and keeps me in a place of neutrality. And so what I wrote was, here's the practice. Whenever another judges me for X, Y, Z, I first connect with my heart, right? So just in this moment, like putting your hands on your heart, taking a deep breath in, right? Just really connecting to this other person, connecting with the source of you, connecting with what is triggering you. Like, why are you feeling judged by this other individual? Sometimes we think we're feeling judged by someone and it's also all in our head, which is hilarious as well. Sometimes we take something as judgment and it's really not. And sometimes somebody is judging, right? Because they aren't capable of holding what you're holding in that moment. And that's okay, right? Because they don't have your life. They have their life. So, right, connecting with your heart, taking a deep breath and asking yourself, would I want their life? That's the first question. And do they seem happy? 
And I wrote, this was kind of like a snarky, funny post, right? But it was like, when the answer is no, I smile big, send them off with love and simply carry on my merry way. So like when it's like what I want their life, it's not from this place of like, Ugh, I wouldn't want their life. It's like, it's their life. They have a different life. They have different life experience. So like, why am I going to take on their judgment or perceived judgment if I actually don't even like I'm not choosing the life that they're living. I'm choosing my life. I'm choosing something different. And then also like, do they seem happy is a big one. Cause oftentimes when, like when we are feeling really triggered and there's like a big judgment, a lot of times people are complacent. A lot of times people are not happy. A lot of times people are in their suffering. And so like for me, I was, I remember I was just taking on judgment of other people who are really in their suffering. And I'm like, why do I even care? Like, I actually don't, I wouldn't want their life and they, they seem miserable. So why would I take that on as my own? Like, why am I even allowing this into my field? Right. And so just like having a smile on your face and then also just like, right for yourself, but also giving them compassion that they're doing the best they can with where they're at and just letting it go and breathing through it. Right. So just like moving through that practice of like, when somebody is in like a massive judgment of you, um, like for example, with that woman with the post, this is a great example to practice through it. Right. Like, okay, connecting with my heart, taking a deep breath, just like envisioning her standing right in front of me, what I want her life. No, I actually wouldn't because I know that her path is not my path. Do they seem happy? Yeah, she actually does seem pretty happy. But I know that um, like that binary way of thinking of like, this is the only way ultimately there's still some wounds there. There's still some stuff, right? Like there's still some judgment. And so when I dig a little bit deeper, I'm like, okay, on the surface, like she seems pretty happy. She seems pretty content with where she is in her life. But I can kind of pull back the curtain a little and the layers a little bit deeper and and really um, attune to like, actually, this is a massive shadow that's asking to be revealed. And in my trigger is actually what's stopping the healing for myself and for her. And to really like love myself through this and to have compassion for her and love her for exactly where she's at and knowing like she may never change her mind and that's okay. But this is how we move through it. Like, okay, how I don't know her journey just like she doesn't know mine and even though she thinks that what I do is demonic in a sense or witchcraft or the work of the devil or whatever it is um I don't get to like I don't get to take that on I really don't and I get to love her through that and so that's the beautiful practice is can you just breathe your way through it? Can you meet the emotions? Can you like feel your way through that so that you can begin to have a level of compassion and yeah, just compassion for people and trust in 
why they're where they're where they are and why we're where we're we're where we are. Talk about a tongue twister, right? Like it's like it's all in service to our highest timeline. It's all in service to our evolution. And when our like who am I to like also judge what she chose in this incarnation in terms of her beliefs, in terms of how she came to create impact, in terms of how she came to know God, right? So it feels important because like if I didn't have this woman and I love that I'm bringing this up because I wasn't planning on it. So it's very, it's just, it's always so clear when things like this come through, but like it's enough. So this, this, this anecdote is embedded within like that story is embedded in this podcast episode that people, thousands of people will be listening to over the years. So that's big. And again, I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if it's true. (laughs) I don't know if it makes sense or lands or resonates with you. But I'm like processing my way through this too. Like this is what's helping me, right? And so her showing up in that way is actually healing the collective, which in turn heals her and heals me and heals all of you, right? Because we're having this conversation and maybe eventually it'll get to a point where I can reach out to her and be like, hey, you know what? Let's talk about this. I don't feel the need in this moment, but maybe, perhaps, I don't know. And I feel like I'm getting so much more confident in my, I don't know. And it's okay. Like there's a part of me that knows and there's a part of me that also is totally okay with not knowing but the the like pull is there the curiosity is there I'm willing to have the hard conversations and to talk about things like this when it's not fully processed or integrated or when I really am still like "Ah, the world is like an interesting place. I don't know if I'll ever get it, but I'm committed to trying and I'm committing. I'm committed to to sharing it with all of you. I'm committed to bringing people on the podcast and asking them questions to help me clarify, to help you clarify. Like I'm committed to that. And that feels like enough. It feels like more than enough. And it also like allows me to feel responsible as a co-creator of my life and of this planet and of the cosmos, but also like there's also that recognition that um, I think I'm in control, but I'm not. <laughs> so it's that both and. And again, this is the human and holy, the bridge. This is the bridge between our divinity and our like lower octave self. Like I really am starting to really, really see that now and feel that now. And I do believe that that's the bridge. So yeah. Three most important lessons I've learned over the years, like these I've been really moving through. And I don't remember exactly how long ago I posted this, but again, you notice like there's still medicine here for me. There's still pieces that I'm working through of like, okay, what does this mean? What is like, okay, how, how, like, where is this expanding? Where has this expanded in my life? Where is there like a deeper gnosis and knowing and, and where am I still unsure and 
that's the beauty of it is the masterpiece and the work in progress all in the same breath. And I really just want you to like soften into that because I think that's what holds us back from living our dharma, from from speaking up, right? We're so afraid of what people think. We're so afraid that we're going to make a mistake. We're so afraid of failing. Like that's the golden ticket right there is that softening of like, okay, it's a both and, and it's all going to be okay. And like, can I really trust in the divine unfolding in my life, knowing that everything is unfolding as it should. And it also takes us taking the action for our time, for our highest timeline. So knowing that we're held, knowing that we're supported, knowing that we're never alone, knowing that everything in our life has already been written in the stars. There's so much divine orchestration at play and it takes a willingness. It takes the courage. It takes us actually doing the act and doing the hard things in order for that to become the manifestation of our lives. That's what I mean by co-creation. It is that both and. (sighs) That's it. That's the message, friends. I'd love to know how this lands. I'm actually leaving in about 30 minutes to go back to the final component of our retreat today. It's 11-11, and we're going to be doing some Mary Magdalene. um, Yeah, just some like ritual and ceremony and invocations and um yeah mary magdalene has been a an essence that has really supported me in just activating the you know the feminine christ consciousness within me and um again this essence has really supported me in stepping into motherhood and I have talked about it with a couple of other, another guest in particular, Dr. Christian Strang, which I'm going to be having. We recorded an episode a couple months ago and my episode with her will be coming out shortly. And we talk a lot about Mary Magdalene as well. And yeah, I'm just, um, I'm just feeling a heart full of gratitude and just again, a reverence for life, a reverence for the unknown, a reverence for really all humans who are doing the best that they can at their level of consciousness, just really like feeling a reverence for this life, the pain and the beauty and everything in between. That's what I'm feeling in my heart in this moment. So thank you for tuning in. I love you. I'd love to know how this lands and I'll catch you next week for another episode. I cannot wait to take a nap. (laughs) And by nap, I mean like a full day nap after this retreat because it's been a lot on the body, on the pregnant body. All right. Love you, fam. Chat soon. Thank you for your presence and tuning in today. I believe in the power of reciprocity. So if you found value from this episode, I invite you to share the love. There are endless ways to do so, including leaving a rating and written review on Apple, forwarding the episode link to a loved one, reaching out to me on social media to say hi at Lindsay Martin Ellis, or sending me a love note via email at lindsay at lindsaymartinellis.com. I so appreciate you and your support. It's truly what keeps me going. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Lindsay Martin Ellis Experience. Much love.